ever had someone just blatantly not make eye contact with you <laughs> in a situation where it would be completely normal and probably appropriate etiquette to do so. I had this happen to me the other day. Uh, I was at the park and, you know, playing, playing with my kids after school. And there's literally nobody else at the park except for one other dude and his kid. And he just, he won't look at me. Like normally it, it, it's normal, like to set the stage a little bit in, in the town that I live in, it's a smallish town and <clears throat> people are super friendly, you know, and it's very, it's very common to just talk to other people at the park, maybe even exchange phone numbers, hang out later. Like it's normal park etiquette to talk to other parents when you're at the park. I mean, it is. And, and so it's, it's really awkward now that there's only <laughs> Angie, me, our kids and this dude and his kid. And he like every time, like, um, he, you know, our eyes would, you know, kind of meet, he would like look away or look down. And I'm like, man, this is weird. Okay. Like what's up with this. Right. And so like, we're just kind of, you know, you know how you kind of follow your kid around the park. And so like, you're constantly like changing your location of the park. So you literally cross paths with this dude as he's doing the same thing. Right. So he's kind of following his kid around. I'm kind of following my kid around and, you know, every time we cross paths, he like looks down or looks away. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, and, and I'm kind of like curious about this situation. And, you know, I, I, it gets to the point where I can't take it. It gets to the point where I can't take it. And so to set the stage a little bit more in the town that I live in, it is what I would consider a boom town. So if you drive it on the highway right now, or not even on the highway, cause there's not a highway in the town, but if you drive it on the country road to the town, um, It'll say 1,700 people, like the population sign. And there, there's probably 10 times that. There's probably at least 10,000 people here. Um, yes, not t not exactly 10x, but whatever. There's probably 10,000 people here. And, you know, so there, there are far more people who are not from here than are from here, if that makes sense. Most people are transplants who live in this town. And this dude doesn't like that. And so as he continues to avoid eye contact and just will not talk to me, will not engage, despite the fact that we're the only, you know, there's only three adults in the park and one of them's Angie and the other two, me and him, like it, it just gets growing and growingly more awkward. So finally, our kids start playing together. They discover, oh my God, there's this other little boy at the park who's my age and I'm going to start playing with him. You know, and so they start, they start hanging out, they start talking and, you know, they're doing whatever kids do. And now it's like really park etiquette. Like when your kid starts playing with another person, with another kid, you like look at the parent, like smile and nod. And he's just like, won't do it. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to make it super awkward. I'm going to break the ice. And I just start talking to him. Like, hey, oh, you know, how old is he? Just do the, the typical like small, small town bull or, you know, small talk bullshit. And dude, the interaction that followed was the most interesting case study in just humans in mindset that, that you just ever, that you can possibly imagine. And so this dude, the first question he asked me, he was like, how long have you lived here? You know what I mean? So just basic, which is his way of saying, I know you're not from here, right? I must've stood out. I was wearing Jordans and, um, I was wearing Jordans and like gym clothes. So, but apparently that just, you know, that just wouldn't be a thing of somebody who's native to this, to this town. How long, you know, how long have you lived here? Where are you from? And all that stuff. And he just goes off on this tirade about, um, 
Oh, everything's changing around here. I know you, you thought you came here to, to live in a small town, but it's not like that anymore. I used to see everybody and know everybody at every restaurant. And now there's all these yuppies here and there's traffic and there's blah, 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 blah. And there's, 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 you know, boys who think they're girls and girls who think they're boys. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like chill out. I didn't ask for any of that, you know? And, um, you know, it's almost like he's trying to trigger me, but I, I'm just sitting there listening, you know? Um, I was just sitting here trying to make some, some small talk at the park. And so anyway, he, after he kind of talks at me for like 20 ish minutes, um, you know, it's time for him to leave and he's leaving and he, and he's like, welcome to Texas. <laughs> like, okay. Um, and he didn't say it like, I don't know if it was like aggressive, but it was, it was kind of like almost this hopeless, like throwing his hands up in the air, like welcome to Texas. I know you thought you moved here, you know, because it was supposed to be awesome. But based on the case I just laid out for you for the last 20 minutes, this place sucks now. That's kind of like, <laughs> that was the theme. And I was like, all right, I was like, all right, homeboy, like you got some shit going on in your brain. Right. Um, and, and, and let me preface by saying that I know I have felt the pain of change. Like things are changing very rapidly here. Things are changing very rapidly around the world. And so wherever you live, you know, things are changing too. And I'm sure you felt this pain before where it seems like, man, the world's just going to hell in a handbasket. Like, you know, humans, like we're just pillaging the earth's natural beauty. And it's just, we're scarring this beautiful planet with our existence. And it's like, we're saying goodbye to an old way of life. And we're just, we're going to lose something in our culture and our humanity. We're going to lose something forever that we can't get back because of all this rapid change. That's, I have felt that pain and I'm guessing you have too. It's just this weird, like little internal twinge when you see progress and you need to understand that's just perception. That's just perception. You know, the world has always been on fire, so to speak. You know, the only, the only constant has been change and conflict and progress. And why label any of it good or bad? I mean, it's not, it's just neutral. It's just neutral. Everything that happens on the earth is neutral. And then we assign meaning to it. And we decide if it's good or bad. So we are actually in control of how we perceive things. This is a really, really interesting concept because it can change your whole life because the filters and your perceptions, a lot of them happen at the sub, at the subconscious level. They, they, they've been put on you from the way you were raised and social conditioning. And so you've been conditioned to see things a certain way. You've been conditioned to see things a certain way, yet you don't, you know, you don't really have any choice in how you feel about them unless you examine them, unless you examine them. And so this dude, he just let these subconscious filters and stories just overcome him so much that they controlled his entire emotional state. I mean, so much so that just the sight of me basically ruined the experience of him spending quality time with the son at the park because he just became so enraged. I mean, I don't know if enraged is the right word, but like just so put out. Like, oh, look at this fucking yuppie. Like that was, his, <laughs> you know, he's probably going to go talk about me on his podcast. Um, you know, but you think about that. You think about how, what position you're coming from. If it's like, man, the sight of somebody I don't know and the prejudgments I have are now going to ruin this quality time that I'm going to have with my kid. He gave away his, bo his most basic human freedom. He gave away his agency. He gave away his authority. And that, that basic human freedom 
that is it's the first and the last human freedom and it's the one that nobody can ever take away from you it is the freedom to choose how you respond to your circumstances it is the freedom to choose how you respond to things externally things that you cannot control and he gave up on that freedom and this is an issue more common than not a lot of people are stuck here some people say that time is our most precious resource but i disagree I say it's energy. Energy is our most precious resource. And how many of us are throwing energy away, worrying about shit we can't control, whether we're fired up about politics or traffic or what our favorite sports team is doing this weekend, things that are so far beyond what are, what's in our control, but we throw emotional energy at it to the point that we're actually unable to focus on the things that are most important to us or we're not able to intentionally build a life that's meaningful to us because we don't have the energy left over to put towards it. And so if we're throwing energy away at this, at these things that are beyond our control, how do we reclaim that? How can we take back control of our emotions? And it's going to come down to changing our filters. It's going to come down to changing our filters because as I talked about before, everything that happens in the world is neutral. Everything is neutral. But then we have filters in our brain working at a subconscious level that, that create stories out of these neutral events. And these stories lead to an emotional state. And that emotional state can be resourceful or it can be unresourceful. A resourceful emotional state is feeling like you're powerful, confident, grateful, right? Unresourceful, fear, doubt, shame, things of this nature. Uh, anger for sure is not resourceful, right? And so these stories, the filters create the stories. So the event happens in the event there, there is no meaning to it. But then what happens in our brain is we we have little filters that perceive that event, create a little story about it. And the story we tell ourselves about the event leads to our emotional state. And then the emotional state is going to make us resourceful or unresourceful period. And so if we can control our emotional state, we can navigate our lives intentionally instead of in a reactionary state where we're giving away our authority to choose how we feel in a given situation, right? I would rather be in control of how I feel. I would rather choose to feel a certain way than let outside events dictate whether I'm happy or I'm at peace or not. And so if you, if you think about like what this looks like in real time, you know, for this, for my homeboy at the park, my new friend who I think hates me, um, you know, he, he, he grew up in this small town, very small, very close knit town. Like if you think about that 1500 people, 1700 people in your entire town, like I had that many people in my high school, you know, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty close knit. So he used to know everybody. He used to go to a restaurant and every single person there he knew, like Okay, I get it. That, that's, a, that's a cool thing. But now he's dealing with crowded grocery stores filled with the uppies he doesn't know. There used to be no traffic. Now this, the one stoplight in town gets backed up uh, you know, at 8.30 to 9 and uh, 4.30 to 5. And those seemingly like those could be positive or, or negative. They're, they're neutral. He has turned it into his filters and stories have turned it into this place sucks now. <laughs> this place sucks now. But dude, does it? I mean, I don't know. It's changing and changing is scary. And we talked about that. But how about this, man? This big boom in this little town? 
it happened during COVID. It happened during the rise of remote work, which means this, all of these people who are flooding this place, they're doing so because they chose this place because they could have worked anywhere in the United States they wanted to, but they chose Dripping Springs, Texas, because their values aligned with a town that was like that. So rather than looking at it like all these people suck and this place sucks. Now, how about this? Wow, this place was so attractive. All these people from all these different places saw value here and saw that it aligned with their values and they chose to uproot their lives and create something new here. I think that's pretty freaking amazing. That's why I'm having a great experience living here. <laughs> so so how do we how do we do this, man? Like how do how do we how do we back it out and, and just how can we be more in control of our emotional state? Well, it's like, first of all, you got to be able to recognize the unresourceful emotional state. It's called a trigger, right? We, we call that triggers now. And I think that's a great word for it. When you, when you experience that trigger, you need to go internal and figure out what set you off. Figure out what, like, how could somebody else's actions, somebody else's words, some event that happened across the globe or, or across the country dictate my entire emotional state and, and send me reeling. You should really look into that and try and pull it up to a conscious level and be like, man, what's going on with me that that triggered me? And then you need to change the story that you tell yourself about that event. And if you do this and you practice this enough time, you'll get better at it. Because what a trigger means is you took a neutral event and you turned it into the end of the world in your head and you let it control you. You let it own you. And this this really matters because we all have filters and stories like that's literally how our brain operates. And so the more we can become aware of the ones that don't serve us, the more in control of our emotional state we can be. And that is a place of power. Right. That's called being a damn grown up, controlling your emotions, not being triggered. Because being emotionally fragile, easily triggered is fucking childlike. But more than that, it's weak and it's dangerous and it's shitty for everybody else. Being a victim actively harms the world. It harms you by harming your relationships because nobody wants to be around your victim self. And it harms the people around you by validating their similar experiences. By commiserating rather than lifting them up. Now, staying in a resourceful state, and I'm not even saying positive. I don't care if you're upbeat. I'm not upbeat. I don't care if you, I don't care if you're Mr. Positivity all the time. Like, no, 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 I don't care about that. But staying in a resourceful state allows you to thrive and lift up everybody else around you. And if you're coming from a place of like, man, I want to live a life of meaning. <laughs> I want to, I want to do something. I want to do cool shit while I'm here on this earth. There's, there's a resume I want to build of kick-ass things I want to do, experiences I want to have. There are certain, I want to feel a certain way as I navigate this world. If that's important to you, you need to banish unresourceful emotional states. You need to figure out how to get rid of them all, you know, in, in their entirety if possible. And if we're to say how to do it, like it's not, this isn't rocket science. Okay. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not <laughs> like it's, yeah. I mean, you could do gratitude journals. There's all sorts of journaling exercises and 10 step processes and all this stuff. But dude, this is emotional maturity. One Oh one recognize triggers, examine them. Right. So recognize the trigger. What the fuck set me off about that? Examine it. What story did I tell myself about this thing? Reframe it. How can I change this story into a way that serves me? 
Move on with your life. It's, as, it's literally as simple as when you're being shitty, think about why you're being shitty. Ask yourself if this thing is worth being shitty about. And if the answer is no, figure out a way to tell yourself how to not be shitty about it. Like, that's it. That's my four-step process. And, you know, that seems so easy. But it's like if you practice that in reality, you will notice a change in yourself. You will notice a change in your anxiety levels. You will notice a change in your stress levels. You will notice a change in your relationships because you are relating to yourself and you are relating to the world differently. And it's very attractive for people to be around somebody who's A, self-aware, but B, isn't a nagging little bitch all the time. And, and as you practice this, after you listen to this probably, and then you go and you practice this a little bit, you're gonna, it's like you can't unsee it. You'll notice this a lot more in other people as you navigate the world. You'll notice people getting in their own way due to their emotional immaturity. You'll notice it and you won't be able to, to see it, to unsee it, right? Like now, now the seed has been planted. You're like, oh my God, you're going to notice it all around you. It's very common for people to be nav- navigating at the emotional maturity of a 13 or 14 year old. And that's not, that's said without judgment. That's a fact. That's just the way it is. And so if you want to do something meaningful for the world, Offer an alternative way of being. Level up your own emotional maturity instead of validating this you know, and commiserating with people who are stuck in these unresourceful emotional states. Be an example of somebody who has their shit together, who questions their triggers, who questions, who questions the stories they tell themselves and puts themselves in a positive emotional or not even positive, fuck, I keep saying positive, in a resourceful emotional state. Right. Because, dude, if you're angry at the world and you don't like the way someone lives their lives, dude, it doesn't change anything. They're going to keep on living their lives, man. The world is going to keep on turning. The world is going to keep on changing. But it'll fuck you up to worry about that stuff by draining your emotional energy. By repelling powerful people from your life, because nobody who is successful and powerful wants to be around someone who's negative. Right. So so if you are constantly triggered and constantly emotionally immature and fragile, you're going to repel powerful people and you are going to attract weak people to commiserate and validate you. And then, worst of all, being emotionally weak, you set an example for your kids to follow that keeps this cycle going. So if you want to do something positive for yourself, change the stories in your head. Take back control of the way you view the world and really own the first and the last basic human freedom, which is choosing how you're going to react to an external circumstance that you have no control over. Guys, if this resonated with you, I would really appreciate a review on either Apple or Spotify. They've been, they've been coming in a lot since I, since I relaunched the podcast a month ago. And so thank you for that. If you haven't yet left a review, that would mean the world to me. And then, um, head on over to missingpeacepodcast.com. Join, join my discord community. There's a button on there that says join metaphysique, disc, uh, metaphysique community. Join there. Um, I'm, I'm centralizing all my content there and, um, you know, do free trainings and just Basically, it's a place to interact with me as I move sort of away from traditional socials. So I'm kind of building my own thing there, and I would love to have you be a part of it. That's what I got for today. I hope you all have an awesome day, and I'll talk to you soon.